Tell me if you think this is strange. There's this guy who lives in my building who I was introduced to a couple of years ago by a friend. He's a teacher or something. Anyway, after we met, whenever we'd run into each other on the street or in the lobby or whatever, we would stop and we would chat a little, nothing much, you know, like little pleasantries. He was a nice guy, he's got a family. Then after a while, I noticed there was no more stopping. Just saying hello and continuing on our way. And then the verbal hello stopped. And we just went into these little sort of nods of recognition. So fine, I figure that's where this relationship is finally gonna settle, polite nodding. Then one day, he doesn't nod. Like I don't exist. He went from nods to nothing. And now there's this intense animosity whenever we pass. I mean, it's like we really hate each other. It's based on nothing. A relationship is an organism. You created this thing and then you starved it, so it turned against you. Same thing happened to the blob. I, I think you absolutely have to say something to this guy. Confront him. Really? Yes. You would do that. If I was a different person. April 5th, 2015. Hello and happy spring, pendulums! It's happy, April! Happy spring? I guess it is. April! You know what? What? I just looked around and I noticed I didn't bring in my post-it with my news. Oh. And um, so I should go get that because yeah. I remember what was on it, but the other one I have to read some stuff off of and I don't have it. So I'm just going to hand you the mic. You're going to have to hold it. What? Take it. I don't... Take it. There you go. That's not I'll weird be right at all. Back and you can entertain the folks what? while I'm gone. <laughs> I don't. I it don't enter. It isn't very long. <clears throat> I got allergies. Do you? I'm sure this is entertaining. And I'm drinking liquids like people do. This is my returning song. Oh, thank God he's back. That's what they said. <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. I'll hear it when I you will. edit it later. Oh, You're no. going to find what out. What did you say about me? Nothing. <laughs> I just told the truth. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you going to keep holding the mic? I guess. It's weird. Ooh. It feels like like it's awkward in that way that you're like holding someone's baby where you're like, <laughs> Hot, where do I put my hands? Is oh, this okay? That's a little different story, isn't it? Should I, where do you I... know, support the head? Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do that. But you can't move your hand around all the time and keep I'm switching not hands. It. You were switching hands and stuff. It's going to pick up mic rattly Oh, then I don't want this job. Here, take your baby back. Oh, now look what you did. I, I got to... I didn't Swing do the it. See, pop filter back yeah, around. Well, oh my god. I'm not responsible for this. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Let's get to some news. Oh, sure. <clears throat> Alright, well, last time we told you about new assistant director Sven Halverson, who was over at Pendant Shakespeare now. Yes. Helping out Landon. Well, now I'm happy to announce we have a new assistant director, George Linfield, and he'll be helping out on Henderson and Havner. I think that's the tops. It is the top. So welcome to the director minds, George. We're glad to have you. Yes. And don't talk to any of the other directors about anything. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. No, no reason no at all. Reason. I'm sure you're too busy anyway. Wink, wink. <laughs> In any case, yes. So that's great that we've got these two new guys helping out assistant directing and get some new folks in that's really cool yep 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 okay 
I broke a nail. Oh. Well, what were you doing that you broke a nail while you're talking? Um, just messing around with my nail. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have been doing that. She speaks very forcefully. It Nails was... shattered across the state. Um, no. That's okay, terrible. so. Okay. Much like last time, um, the last trip, I mean, uh, this will be the only trip that we have for the month of April because we have uh, Kingery coming up and then uh, Shakespeare, but then, uh, oh no, it's not. I'm wrong. <laughs> Ignore what I'm saying. I forgot seminars out this month. That's awesome. The seminar That's wasn't totally last month, but right. it's all. So we'll be back in two weeks like usual. Oh, well. <laughs> mm, Great ignore cover. me. <laughs> This is my ignore me song. Okay. So many songs. Well, you have to. How else will you live your life in a fun way? In a fun way. Is there another way you'd like to live your life? That's how I want to live mine. Uh, I prefer bitterness. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> <coughs> there was so mm. much truth in that statement. So, so much. much. It's funny because it's true. Yep, yep. Okay. All right. So. Several trips ago, I mentioned how I was trying to get the web stats for 2014 and there were server problems, etc., etc. There were shenanigans. Right. And not the good kingery kind. Uh-huh. Well, I've got them. Dang, dude. It's exciting. I had to do a lot of work to get these and I got them. Many Bothans died to bring you this information. Um, okay. So, we have all of the stats... For April through December of 2014. So then what I did is I added them all up and averaged them and then uh, added it three times for January, February, and March. Okay. So I think that's a pretty fair way to do it because, you know, we have ebbs and flows as more people this, you know, uh, in the summer sometimes, less people around the holidays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we did. And here we go. Okay. We just got the two numbers for you. Uh, total MP3 downloads and total podcast hits. So in 2014, then, doing the averaging for January through March, as I mentioned, we had 623,000 MP3 downloads, and we had uh, 4,946,000 podcast hits. Yeah. What's interesting is uh, we had less podcast, or I mean, less MP3 downloads. Uh, in 2014 than we had in 2013, which is probably because we had less uh, new shows. Yeah. Uh, Genesis Avalon ended, and, you know, there was a long hiatus for Kingery and Tabula Rasa in there. Uh, but we had more podcast hits. So more people were getting old episodes, I think, and, that, and subscribing to the feeds, even though, the, you know, we had less new stuff due yeah. to hiatuses and whatnot. So anyway, that's very interesting to me. Probably only to me. But I'm a bit of a nerd. Well, that also means that the people who... We're checking the podcast feeds were probably people who were subscribed to multiple feeds. I don't know why you think that, but it may be true. Well, because it's so high. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not like super. Because you get well, a hit like every podcast, you know? So if they have a bunch of them, yeah, I think that would be Well, it's, it is, uh, where is it? Yeah, it's actually like 1.5 million higher. Uh, yeah. The podcast hits from 2013 to 2014. So that's a pretty significant difference. Yeah. So like up by over 25% or something like that. That's a lot. Anyway. So then what we have now is the totals cumulative for all of Pendant's history. What? You yeah. Didn't? I had them last year. And so I, yeah, I added the new numbers in. So our total MP3 downloads 
8,780,800. And our total podcast hits 35,588,200. Cool. That is badass. Pretty good. So I will, again, I've said it many times and I will say it again. Thank you to everybody who helps us make these shows and everybody who's listened to these shows all these years. That is awesome. That's a lot of content we have served up. It's true. So, yes, that's really, really cool. Yay! Hooray! Yay! And now we're going to go to the interview. Oh, yes, we should do that. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. For an interview? I'm ready! Oh, then let's go. From Los Angeles, California, we have Colin Kelly on the line. Hello. Hello, Colin. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How I'm... is life out yeah. in La La Land? Well, there's no snow, <laughs> and that is awesome because I hate snow, which is why I moved from Omaha to here. <laughs> I've been to Omaha once. I'm, just... I'm sorry. I I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I looked on the map for that Wild Kingdom place, couldn't find it. Oh, I just dated myself. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> now I have to Google this. Great. I'll be listening to a good going, what is this? <laughs> so, we have questions from Pendulums. Hopefully you have answers or this becomes very short and one-sided. <laughs> I have answers. I don't, I'll just make up something up if worst comes to worst. Well, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm a writer. I make things up. <laughs> so um, you're involved in quite a bit of of pen and stuff. Yeah, just uh, just a bit there. Uh, what is this year? Year number eight? Eight? Yeesh. It's 2015. So you tell me. It's been yeah, eight, eight years. Wow. So. How'd you first discover pendant? Um, I won a iPod in a raffle. Like this is one of the back when iPods only played music. And it, this was new because it had video and it had 80 gigs, so I went online to see if there was anything I put on there. And, well, I was 14. I had no money. So I went <laughs> looking for free things, and, ooh, podcasts are free. And uh, I've always kind of liked radio drama, so that's kind of how I started getting involved. Very cool. I can't remember what exactly, but I'm pretty sure uh, the episode 7 of Dixie had come out when I started getting into things. Okay. So this skirmish at Stuttgart, I believe. The uh, it's an excellent show to to get started in. <laughs> oh yeah. And you listened for a while, and then you uh... joined the Yahoo mailing group and annoyed everyone on there for a long time. <laughs> and when did you start working on part on uh, Pendichos? Well, I believe I sent Jeffrey a pitch when I was fifteen that was terrible and completely awful, and of course it was ignored. Um, so by the time I actually got my foot in the door, I actually happened to be through the directing class. Uh, I think it was 16 when I first started for that, at which point I was told you had to be 18 to be a, a director, so we waited around till then, and I wound up being in the same directing class as a Miss Anna Rodriguez. Ah. So, which is funny, because I had no recollection of that, you know, like three years later when we were talking, and she's like, yeah, we were in the same class. I was like, what? <laughs> um... And then a lot of stuff happened, because uh, I was graduating high school and stuff, wound up uh, coming back. I don't forget, I forget the initial impetus, but I wound up being the, becoming the director on uh, Seminar, 
which was uh, interesting because I believe I started off directing in Audacity and never direct anything in Audacity, guys. Uh, Audition, Adobe Audition or Pro Tools, something finer is available. Is that the first show you worked on? Yeah, started with Seminar 42, 43. The one with No Place Like Home stars Lynn Cullen and uh, uh, Jason R. Wallace. You know, I really should be looking this stuff up so I don't sound like an idiot when I talk things off the top of my head. Um, did that, I actually, I think I sent a pitch in for a show that's still in production that summer or later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a year went by, still revising the show, took over seminar when Bernadette went, uh, stepped down by basically begging um when went, went went to uh, Shakespeare uh, after Paul Paul kind of took over. Went to Shakespeare, got that started. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this is really boring. Um, went to seminar, started writing seminar. Then uh, I think right the next thing that happened after Shakespeare is so I kind of started to get burnt down on directing, so got landed into things and. From there, I think took a break from things and focused on writing. Started writing this little show. Uh, it started off as a writing exercise where I wrote like a page a day and mm-hmm. showed it to my girlfriend. And after a while, I had like 150 episodes and no clue what to call this thing. And uh, eventually, it was clear that if I wanted to get this produced, uh, the best way to do that was pendant. And thus, quick audio came here. Cool. Well, so, we'll we'll get into quick audio. I think we're caught up because I direct that and I write that. Oh, and then I got asked to be editor on Kingery, which is nice. So, is that everything? Yeah, that's everything. So yeah, you've gotten around. <laughs> and you're also now dramaturge for Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. So, of the characters that you've played on Pendant... Oh, wow. Which one has been your favorite? I... Well... Don't remember. Oh, I know. One. I know. It's pretty simple when you think about it. It's a blast to be a villain, because I'm never the villain, because I never sound like this. The demon on the line, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> I was going to let you say it. Yeah, I, I think I'll stop torturing people, like, freaking them out. Apparently that's that's one thing I think everyone was like, call it, you're scary. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to be. So, actually won a pendy for that. Yes, yes so. you did. You won a pendy for playing a demon. So, so this was a question that, that was submitted, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. Um, you won a Pendy Award for playing a demon, and now you're playing somewhat, well, depending on your point of view, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess some would consider the character somewhat of a jerk. Ooh, Michael, please say this is Michael. Is there something you're not telling us? <laughs> <laughs> um... Honestly, Michael is, from a writing standpoint, he's a conglomeration of people I've had the misfortune to interact with, uh, mostly online, actually. There's this special breed, I think, of jerk. <laughs> and when it came to, you know, to talk about casting and stuff, um, I was like, you know what? I don't want to... It, it's not that there, there's, there's not someone else who can play the role, so to speak. It's I we, the, the terrible things we plan on doing to Michael, <laughs> and he's kind of the running jag. The running gag with him is he's a terrible person, 
So I volunteered for that as well, you know, we're because this was back before it was actually with Pendant, and we were kind of going, well, who can play this and who can play that? Um, and I actually offered the roles to people, so I chose to, to, to embody Michael because not I'm really a nice person in real life, I swear. Right? Um, your favorite Pendant character overall? Ooh. Well, I'm going to just limit myself to not something I actually made. Okay. Um, you know what? Um, ah. I'm probably going to go with Terry on Once Upon a Time in Vegas. Ooh. But that's the thing. is like I'm sitting here in my head, and I'm going, but there's also this person and this person and this person. So, oh, you know, course. I could talk about Cat Pride or Krista Bays, and wait, all these are ladies. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Teenage Colin. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so why Terry? Just the quirky sense of humor, and I think her background actually is – I don't want to say reminiscent, but it's it's reflected some things in my own life. And everyone should listen to Once Upon a Time in Vegas because yes, it's awesome. It is. When when Shakespeare was on hiatus, um, you and Kat pretty much brought the show back. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I kind of went down with... Uh, I was originally supposed to be taking over the Kingery, and then uh, Jared Page wound up taking over the Kingery. And they're like, well, so what do you want to do, Colin? And I'm like, well, uh, at this point in time, I think it'd be great to perform, put on a production of Macbeth. All right. Is that yeah. your favorite Shakespeare play? Honestly, my favorite Shakespeare play is probably going to be either... No. No, it's Julius Caesar. It has to be Julius Caesar. It is just because of the way the characters are framed and the dramatic irony and just the hidden depths between everyone in that play are just so beautiful. It's like a, it's like a gem of a of a play. So the take on it that we're doing is um, kind of a World War Two era. I thought a bit later, actually, more like a Korean War. Honestly, maybe that's the Mash talking. Maybe seen a lot of Mash. <laughs> well, when you had the uh, Mussolini speech at the beginning, that kind of said World War Two to me. Right. That's that was one of the uh, stylings of uh, Landon, but. Uh, I think a lot of I, I think I might have mentioned in pa- past time that a lot of the I don't want to say inspiration, but the lot of, the way to make it relevant because that's the one thing that I think with Shakespeare plays is it's interesting how something that is written so long ago can reflect our current day, mm-hmm. but just the time of tyrants, so to speak. And I almost feel like the biggest question to ask is: Is there anything you would not do for your country? This patriotic moment has been brought to you by Colin <laughs> Kelly. And. Uh... This, this is a question that was submitted. Um, I, I've made no um, secret that I have a hard time with Shakespeare and all that, but I do know there's a lot of it out there. So um, this question is um, submitted in, what will Pendant Shakespeare do when it runs out of plays and sonnets? So in 2038... Yeah, that's actually accurate, 2038... Since there are, there's enough material for 15 years, and by then I think we'll hopefully have come up with a plan. Which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah, so we did all of Shakespeare. What? All of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Whoa. Is there a particular play that you really, really, really want to do that you haven't done yet? All right, spoilers. Coming up <laughs> next, uh, after Comedy of Errors, we should be launching into the Henriad, which... If you're not familiar, is uh, Game of Thrones is based on the War of the Roses. In fact, there's a lot of comparisons between the two. 
And the Henriad is all about the War of the Roses. And I, I don't think we've, I don't think we've, and I have sat down and talked about it yet, but I would like to do it in the traditional setting. Um, and I think we're going to also include Mary White's Wives of Windsor as well. So it's got to, we're going to be going back into the medieval days. And yeah, it's going to be epic. It's really going to be epic. <laughs> Uh, pepper some stuff in the middle. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna have to. <laughs> no, I think it's funny that Jeffries uh, finally realized uh, after Comedy Bear comes around that he's like, wait a minute, Shakespeare hasn't had a break in three years. You're you're gonna take a month off, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because usually the break between plays has been the uh, the, the sonnets. sonnets. Yeah, the ah, the sonnets. Those are my favorite things to mix. Yeah? You got music? You're good. <laughs> <laughs> no lightsaber battles or, you know, <laughs> engine sound effects. Uh, I think I, I'm particularly proud of uh, the fight. Is it Act 3? I think it's Act 3 of Othello, just because of how that played out as far as a, someone who loves lightsabers growing up and knows actually stage combat getting to play that out and not in a generic, oh, it's a lightsaber battle, as in, nope, and now he's doing this, and now he's doing that. That took forever to choreograph. Mm. And no one noticed, I'm sure. <laughs> it sounded uh, good. Oh, yay. No, that's that's one thing I think about good directing, is you can tell when it's great directing, but the most insidious directing is the stuff you barely notice. I think Anna does that a lot on Tabula Rasa, to be honest. When I was talking to Kat about um, when she um, assistant directed on Tabula Rasa, it just what you said just made me think of this: the um, cane that Jane mm -hmm. uses, and that she had to remember to to put the cane in. And it's like <laughs> subtleties that you know you might not even recognize on a conscious level. Oh yeah. And you and Anna and. Vincent and Kat and all the directors, you know, you're always on these things. And that's one of the things that I think makes Pendant's productions um, just so awesome. Indeed. And I, I think we kind of take the approach of a TV or film aspect um, to our productions mm -hmm. because it makes things a bit more personable. And in creating soundscapes with every bit of realism that we can put into it, it, it it immerses you more fully. So I know Anna does little things like she'll. I remember at one point there was an EMT just talking and he was doodling on a piece of paper, mm. or you know reading a book and just little things that aren't in the script or you wouldn't really think of. But she's really good at just coming up with those and just putting them in the into the scene itself. Mm -hmm. So that's actually. I'm striving to be like my girlfriend in that regard. <laughs> like, ooh, that's awesome. How do you do that? So let's let's uh, switch gears and talk about seminar, since we brought that up a little while ago. Oh, yes. By the way, seminar means more scripts. Get writing. You. Yes. With the face. That's that's right, you? Yes. With the headphones? Yeah. The head no, not you, because you're not wearing headphones. You with the headphones. <laughs> Write a script. Send Write it in. Script. <laughs> so seminar has gone in some very interesting directions over the years um, mm. somebody asked a question how long do you think we can keep it going because won't it have to end eventually students move on 
of course, students always move on, but as you notice, the classrooms have evolved over the seasons, and the big question is becomes, so once they move on, what then? Well, there's a lot of students. <laughs> there is so many students. Uh, I think when Jack and I were sitting down and going, well, how many are there? We said there's at least, we could easily picture there'd be 258 students, if not over 1,000. Did you say so, 258? Yeah. That's so, a we, very specific number. I, I, we were talking about some things. It, it, it might not be true. That's the one beauty of uh, non-canon information, is if we need it to be larger, it'll be larger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything, but... Oh, good. Well, don't what I like... Well, I like to keep I like to keep the main theme of seminar in, in in mind, which you know starts off every episode with because it's always about the discussion. It's always about the shorts, and so what happens with the students is kind of always pertains to kind of where the shorts goes. And in reality, if you want to know how long we can sustain seminar, it's not up to you know whoever's writing the little wraparounds. There's always going to be someone doing that. And telling a story around that because, hey, it's fun to do that. What matters and what keeps Seminar going is the people who sit down and submit scripts. And, you know, take the time to get editing. And, yeah, sure, it can suck sometimes because I thought it was perfect. And, no, it's not. But it's been worth it in every single way to see how some of the stories that have come out of this show. And we'll stop telling stories when they're, when nobody has any stories for us basically is how it goes so here, here's something i've been very curious about ever since seminar began mm -hmm. every show has some theme of humanity or some aspect of humanity that's being discussed how, <laughs> how do you get your stories to fit into those themes or how do you decide what themes you want to discuss based on the scripts that are getting submitted well, to be honest, it's, it starts off with the scripts. Uh, I have a general outline for how I want a season to go or the kind of season I want to tell. But every episode I get handed two scripts. And to be honest, I, 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 I've asked before and I'd be like, so why did we get these two scripts? And they're like, well, these are the only two that were ready to go. So we need scripts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I sit down and I'll look through the, the scripts for you know those moments of choice. I'll look for themes within the scripts. And I'll look for lessons, actually. Literally, it's it's almost like an actual literature course for me because I go down and, you know, sure, I'm, I'm taking whatever Landon's just written and I'm going, okay, so if I had to write an essay on this, what would I look for? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's almost academic in that regard. And then I go to the other short and I do the same thing and then I try to see what lines up, you know, and some of them it's it's beautiful and it's perfect and uh, it, uh, it really shows. And then some, I'm like, how, what, you want me to do what? How, how I, I can't do this. <laughs> um, and at which point I get to start thinking creatively, okay, well, I have to relate these somehow. What, what kind of story have I illustrated? And I think the way I write student three's professor has helped in that regard. Cause he's basically like, so what do you guys think? <laughs> and he lets them dangle out there and they come up with these different plausible ideas and that might work and might not. And, you know? and that's actually how a seminar class would actually run. 
Exactly! A good, a good one, anyway. <laughs> um, I really should send, submit a script to seminar. I've got something in the works. Favorite script that you've written? <laughs> For seminar, of course, right? That's been produced, right? Yes. Because I've got one called A Naked Character in an Audio Drama, which is hilarious, but it's not seminar for seminar. <laughs> Honestly, Robin and Burgers was, I just, I think my first attempt at writing a real comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think the, especially Allison's performance, <laughs> where it definitely came off cross. There's a lot of, um, I used to work at a Burger King, and so there's a lot of, you know, Burger Pete's, which... I didn't know it was a real restaurant until I moved to Los Angeles. Um, so, whoops. <laughs> but a lot of what I made up is just dark reflections of things I've had to deal with. Just the way a, a comedic cast will take what you write and then just run with it has right. always been my favorite thing. Because, you know, dramatic things, there's not so much room to run with things, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can ad lib, but it's not as. Hilarity never really should ensue in a dramatic piece. And I've written a lot of those for seminar. But I'll be honest, the last one I wrote is always the one I can listen to the most because I haven't realized uh, what I did wrong in them yet. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some air. That, it's funny how you'll go back after, you know, six years and go, okay, did I really write that into, into this? Okay. What was I thinking? Well, six so. years, you have had you know, significant growth and your worldview is different. Or I hope so, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite seminar short of all time? Uh, I'm going to look up the name now just because I don't want to butcher it. it. It's In the Sun. In the Sun? Um, it's written by Anna, and I directed it with Chris Hackney. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those pieces where you can read into things, and mm-hmm. it's just, you know... I believe Chris Hackney's character's name is Alex. It's been a while, sorry. You know, he's just standing in front of this this tombstone of his friend, just kind of being like, hey, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I haven't visited. And just the way I think, I, as a director, it's the mo- the the best work directing I've ever done. I, I At least I, I feel like I haven't quite eclipsed that yet, merely because I took eight different pieces of music all piano pieces, and I managed to transition them in and out, depending on the mood of the scene. Mm-hmm. And that music is the hardest thing for uh, directing, which is why Quick Audio has none. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that played out, I I I am very very proud of. Cool. So um, that's episode forty four, and that's one that uh, Anna wrote. Yes. So, well, she should write more, Anna. Come on. Right, more. <laughs> so is that your favorite of hers? I, I think that's really the only real thing she's written for Seminar um, outside of that I, I truly just fell head over heels with. Okay. So. so someone has asked um, um, your favorite Seminar, my, another favorite Seminar short question, um, specifically around uh, specific writers uh, like Jack and Anna. <laughs> um, and Landon and Perry, um, uh, <laughs> guys, guys, it, it, it's hard enough to pick favorites, and then I say the wrong thing. And they're like, "Really, you like this? Come on, Colin, what are you doing?" <laughs> so let it suffice to say, we have some very good writers that have submitted stuff. Yes, um, actually, it's it's always uh, what's nice now. I think is uh, 
when I, I get the scripts ahead of time, and I'm like, ooh, new writer. <laughs> so I think the latest one is Kristen Mass, I believe. She's in 64 and 65. Um, she's done some bits in Julius Caesar. I don't remember what else, or don't know of what else. So it, she's got some pretty cool stuff coming up. Awesome. So, uh, Can you talk about the, the rappers and the direction? And can we expect to hear uh, Student 97 tap dance? Can we expect? Oh, really? You, you want to do that? Because uh, that is a question here. That, that, that is, is a question. Send in. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. A pendulum would like to hear Student 97 tap dance. You know what? Wait, that might have to be something I coordinate with Vincent because if I just write it in, Vincent's going to be like, Colin, what are you doing? <laughs> and I think right now what I'm probably going to be honest is I think we're, we might stop focusing as hard on student three, which I'm sure Seth will might be like, yay, I'm done with this guy again. <laughs> but honestly, I've always seen kind of the protagonist. The next, next in line to be a protagonistic figure will be student four. And I haven't told Kat that yet. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've been leading up to it, or I will be leading up to it. What episode came out? I don't want to spoil Oh, 61 just came out. Okay. Yes. So um, things will be happening in the future with Student 4. And um, she's been asking some very interesting questions, like really like thought. Her, her character's like really diving deep. Well, and I, I always thought Student 4 is the most interesting of my, my new batch of students. Like, I wanted some of the original students, and I wanted new ones. But Student 4's journey has included failing. And from what, I've, what I saw of her personality in Season 2 and in Season 1, she's very neurotic, so to speak. And when you fail someone they who is like that, they have they, it kind of changes their... Their worldview really affects them, and I'd like to think that off camera she's kind of had a bit of depression. At least that's how, where I've approached it in my writing. I don't know what what um, Kat's perspective on Student Four was last time because of that, but as time goes on, I feel she's beginning to discover that you know she she isn't satisfied, and that drives her mm-hmm. to discover more. That that that's what's in store. I think is we're gonna have a lot more Cat. Oh no, cat! More cat. Whatever shall we do? <laughs> well, that won't suck. Oh no! Now the fun thing is, uh, recasting the instructor has always been some. The AI, I should say, has always been something that's part of the show that I've. But I'm trying to think of a creative way, just because of the way the show is turning, we're we're, we're getting more professors, right? Um, with student three should be the first of many, hopefully, but still trying to keep that artificial intelligence, which I, I, I like to have it as someone who's not part of the, uh, the directors kind of speak, be that character. It'll be, there's, there's something in store for the AI too, which I can't talk about until it happens. Mm. So let's talk about you in, uh, Tabula Rasa. George Pickett, Rispin Times Dispatch. No, that wasn't the right voice. It's been so long. <laughs> um, did yeah. you have an approach to playing him? Um, honestly, he's he's the one I'm like, Jack, you should write him into a flashback. And he's like, oh, eventually, maybe, hopefully. I'm like, it's season three. <laughs> yeah, we're running You're out of time. season three, write me in. We're running out of time, Jack. I've had two lines since, you know, the first part of season one. Come on. 
I, I just remember about George Pickett or Io as his as his uh, given name is, I should say. Or is it the other way around? Anyways, um, Io just uh, he was meant to be. I always felt like kind of the uh, the face of the cell, so to speak. If we're to use it to reference the A team, you know, he's the one who could. He was the actor. He's the one who's putting on the disguises and you know slipping in and out where he's needed. And I think one one of the beautiful things about the pilot, which um, there's some spoilers, is you Anna have and Jack have the full press conference, but he just kind of walks in, and I think his only purpose there is to make sure his mission is done, and when he fails in that, he kind of has to pay the price in a most dramatic way possible. I, I, kind of, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, it, it was not his decision to die, so to speak. Um, and plus, I got to quote Shakespeare lines, which is always fun. See how we tie it all together? <laughs> <laughs> Come first look at him. Yay! Favorite character in Tabby Larissa? <sighs> Ganymede, Raphael, go on a car trip would be the best thing in the world. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, everyone else. But can you just imagine them as like you know this like you know one's good, one's evil kind of thing, or one's what one's one's noble, yet yeah, one's not, and just this dichotomy between the two. I think is just so would would be so interesting to see. Is there a character that's been referenced that hasn't shown up yet? That's not Clark's wife. That you would like to hear on the show. That was Land. That's Landon trying to get Allender, isn't he? <laughs> that uh, that 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 one has got to be him trying to get Allender, who is mentioned off uh, off offhandly as Clark's boss. So now uh, there, there's people I want to see in the show, but I know they're coming. So okay, well, we can we can leave it at that. That's Jack's kind of like the best my my best friend kind of as far as writing and pen and stuff go, so I, I know a little too much. <laughs> I would like to live. Now, what are you editing for? Uh, Kingery. Kingery. Which is the only show I wasn't involved in. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside of, you know, Tabula Rasa being the same, mixed in the same room as me sometimes. So, um, why did you become an editor? Honestly, um, as you become better as a writer editing is kind of a skill you pick up i feel um because you're con in order to grow as a writer you have to be looking at your writing and going so how can i make this better you know and i, I if you think i always found if if you think it's perfect it's probably not and i and i i guess i hit a, i've hit a point where in my search and quest to be the best i can at writing um, Jeffrey said, you know what, we need a new editor on Kingery, can you take over? So that's that's kind of how I think I became, I was assimilated. So <laughs> my suggestion, if you want to be an editor, is write really good scripts for Seminar first, and then write some really good stuff for Pendant. And um, it, I actually, I think I'm the only other editor, that, when, when Teresa comes back, she comes back sparingly. But it's myself and then Jeffrey and Susan, so... Mm -hmm. It kind of limits some options. <laughs> so is it weird or intimidating editing scripts by Jeffrey and Susan? You know, not not intimidating. I'm actually, I, I think uh, Michael comes out to play when I'm editing because um, you have to be that critical and you have to go look at things and go, okay, so what's wrong here or is that in character? And I'd like, I, I spend a lot of time uh, reading over the scripts. I think, I, I average at least four reads before I send it out, send it back, 
it, it would if I get something that bugs me or something that irks me, and I notice something, I still point that out because it's just something that I see, and it's you know sometimes I don't have the right solution, or sometimes I'm not I don't have the answers because well who does? But I still kind of will see something and go I don't feel that's quite right, or I I feel like. I think a big one was uh, the order of, of how things played out in a scene was off. And actually, I think what happened was I got the wrong script. I got an older draft for some reason. Mm-hmm. But what I, I was trying to convey was if the, you know, this, the way things were played out wasn't making sense. But the solution that we wound up finding was to take this moment and, and put it at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and just, just to, so it would have a gut punching, basically. And, uh, is Kikuri all the way out yet, or? I don't want to spoil anything. Let me put it this way. There's a big gut punch in Kingery, and that, that one we kind of, I remember mentioning. So, and I think that got switched around. Let's see, the latest Kingery to be Oh, 7-11, okay. Yeah, 7-X-11, so. That's the next one. Oh, no, 7-X-12 should be coming out the season finale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking at my iTunes and my iTunes had an embolism today. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, when I saw that it was downloading stuff in the Genesis Avalon feed, I was like, <gasps> but no, it was an older <laughs> episode. <laughs> no, um, usually when I'm editing, I'm just trying to give my perspective. And it's not, the main focus I think has always been trying to make things better and trying to improve things. And honestly, with I, I believe Kingery needs to get a bit more focused on its dramatics because it that I think has been something that Kingery has well you have to hold on to your pants sometimes <laughs> but a lot of times Kingery you know when it does dramatics it, it I think is when the show is best so I love to see when characters you know are fully do something that have another depth or I really really love how Zeph played out this season love Zeph this season um, there's a lot of a lot of good hidden depths there. Yes, but I am hoping that some of the stuff we learned about Zeph this season cascades forward with him in future seasons. Well, and as editor, my job is to be like, so what about this in episode, you know, four X ten, guys? Come on, let's not, let's let's get back to that. <laughs> you know, or I'm not sure this would play out that way because uh, this 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 kind of the character arc has been reaching to a point of strength as opposed to where she was at the beginning of the show. Um, it's actually, I think, more interesting because I, I joined kind of like halfway into things. And I remember there was some stuff where I was like, I don't think this works. I don't think this works. And Jeffrey was like, oh, just wait till the end. Just wait till the end. And I'm like, <laughs> if it doesn't work now, how is it going to work at the end? <laughs> I think the most interesting thing has been just dealing with the different writers who I don't really interact with as much and seeing their styles. Um, honestly, I, I, I think every writer had kind of had, brings their own unique style to things. So sometimes it's a bit, a bit unique. Like for example, um, you know what? I don't want to give examples, okay. but <laughs> well, some of them you would assume, you know, like of course, Perry Whittle knows hooks. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Pete Pete's scripts have a lot of a lot of color to them, not like in a uh, ex- expletive kind of sense. But there's so much; it, it, it's always interesting. I think uh, the scripts I I, I gave, got from him 
So a lot of a lot of running gags and brick jokes too. So okay, um, I think. Well, and then uh, I love I love the way uh, sometimes uh, Renee gets into the character. Sometimes that's another good thing. <laughs> and then of course I I wound up not being able to edit cat script, but I, I'm really excited the cat's uh, part of the table now. Yeah, so Jeffrey and Susan. Am I forgetting anyone? I feel like I'd be a bad editor if I went like, add this person, but then forgot about this one. So, um, let's move on to your 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 new baby. <laughs> and um, let's see, we just had yeah, that's a... sixteen released, so we're done with the second month. Y- yes. So quick audio. Indeed. Um. Which I'm like, ah, all the... It, here's the thing. The first two months are more like the show, are the show finding its place. Um, I mean, it's only 16 minutes of audio, and that's barely even a full pilot. Mm. In fact, I would probably I would probably say uh, uh, the real show probably doesn't start till halfway within the third month. I think episode 24, maybe. So and that's when we start getting into more of what the show is going to be a lot about, which is a lot of nerdy references and a lot of um, honestly, I think you know that's one thing I, I kind of irks me is uh, I know Jeffrey describes quick audio as a comedy, but I it's never been my intent to write something that is intentionally comedic. It's always been something that that had good character, mm-hmm. and you know the characters happen to be hilarious. But the show works best, I've always found, when that that humor flows from the characters and who they are. And there's going right now. Like you, you get a glimpse at some of the dramatics, but there's there's some stuff that's coming up in, you know, a year and a half that you're not going to hear for forever. But I know about. <laughs> that so how long will it run? Do you think? Um, I have no idea, honestly. Um. The idea is it's a webcomic, so it's kind of like as long as it needs to. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I'm sure we'll find a point where it's like, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't, I think this is good here, but we'll see, honestly, how it goes. I know I'm trying, I've got, I've got scripts written for at least two years worth, uh, especially wow. now that originally it was meant to be 12 episodes a month, not eight. Mm-hmm. So it would have been Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but uh, Jeffrey uh, was like, that, you're, you're already blowing up our release schedule. <laughs> so, I'm like, but it'd be awesome to have more stories. So let's see, um, eight episodes every four weeks. So on months that have a uh, fifth week, is that going to be your your hiatus week? I guess basically, yeah. Okay. So Jeffrey wants me to take a hiatus, but we'll see how that goes. I I, I don't like taking hiatuses. Like, sure, I'll take vacations, but. The main the main thing I feel is that it it have to come after a story point, like say a time jump or a season end point, and uh, there's some stuff in mind, but it's not going to be coming for a while. Okay. So, we'll see. Um, I might be able to talk him to delay till like episode 100 or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but which is only what 92 uh, episodes. No, um, we've got 16 out, so 84 episodes from now, that's ten and a half months. Yep, so we'll probably be 
We'll see probably then. December or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, we haven't gotten to it yet, but I have written like some holiday specials here and there that'll inter- <laughs> that'll interrupt things. But I think the first one is the Fourth of July, and it's uh, I'm gonna have to go digging for fireworks sound effects. Awesome. Um, the inspiration for Quick Audio, web comics. Um, I I have always been a voracious reader, and Kind of one of the one of the sucky things I think about becoming an adult and having a job and doing things, you know, that is that I just don't have time to read as much. And I I like to steal moments. Uh, lately, I've been really uh, using my my Audible account or eBooks just to try to sn- steal moments to read. And the kind of the, the web comics that after a while I was like, you know, I wish I could write a web comic. You know, I like this 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 short format, the short updates and telling a story in bits and pieces over a course of time. But I can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like if I were to try a web comic, it'd be like the art in XKCD I'm sure is better than anything I would ever come up with. And I, I'm not very dexterous with my hands in that regard. And um, which is a pity because I would love to have. I really want uh, the quick audio uh, thing you see to be like the Henderson and Habner poster, where you have the characters. Because yeah, the show's called Quick Audio, but the main focus shall always and forever be these awesome people, and Michael. <laughs> Michael's not all bad. I beg to differ, sir. Really? Really. So the inspiration for Michael kind of comes from the, the, the guy, the, the nerd who hates other people for liking his same thing. And it's, it's, it can be the main inspiration, I think, for the show, kind of, or the, the story of the show came from an interaction between a girl and this guy in a coffee shop. And she he accosted her because he didn't believe that she was wearing a Bioshock Infinite shirt, and mm-hmm. he believed that she would never play that. And this, th- that that mindset has, is just mind-boggling to me, because, you know, if you like something and I like something too, great! Let's have a party! Let's, you know, let's watch the Avengers and all the Marvel movies and read comic books and talk about how we like something. That's good, you know, let's quote Princess Bride at each other. <laughs> but this this kind of attitude that and it's it's actually fairly prevalent if you if you start looking around where oh, yeah. there's it well it's come mainstream kind of i think to do so but this i i don't want to say like it, it's almost like the idea of a poser but in relation to geekdom and that that hate of that but the reality is if you like something you like something it doesn't matter who you are yeah i think around the time of the big um conventions around the dragon con time or comic con time um especially the san diego one you start getting you know flare-ups on on twitter and facebook of stories of you know this kind of thing well i mean that's partially partially something i think quick audio is kind of about is that conflict i mean for the first episode onward you're gonna see it um, and Michael is my attempt to understand that person in some regards because I, I actually sat down and I was having one of those I love you know geeky stuff too with someone, mm-hmm. and then he started talking about the, that similar attitude, and I realized you know how I don't want to say likable but how kind of insidious this is where it's you know you're awesome and you you like cool things like I do but you can be kind of a jerk about it to people who you think 
shouldn't like the same thing you do, which isn't your call to make, buddy. Don't like Michael, ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ha- I through episode 16, I, I won't comment on what I've previewed, but at least through episode 16, he ha- yes, he gets into it with Sarah, but I, I didn't see him painted like not not as bad as you know the the people you hear about online on in the stories true and i think part of that is also you're interacting with michael in real life not online um it's been kind of documented the once the wall of anonymity goes up people kind of act differently and yeah, I'm pretty sure Michael's the one playing League of Legends and, uh, you know, calling people really, really mean things. Actually, I think there's a script in, in the future that will have him playing League of Legends and doing that. But so, his, his character arc is kind of to is going to be eventually we have to fix this problem. And I don't know how that's going to play out yet because I haven't written it. <laughs> I'm starting to write it, but I just finally get to there. Got to there. So is he your favorite uh, character? No, 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 no. My favorite character will be impossible to pick. But out of the four, it's either Belle or Sarah. Sorry, sorry, Adam. <laughs> that Daddy loves you too, Adam. But <laughs> <laughs> Belle has always been, uh, I think, because it started off with those two. And they were like, okay, well, we need to have someone to counteract these two because otherwise the show will be... And this is me talking with Anna, and a lot of uh, what the show is, I have to say, I owe to Anna's insight and quality assurance and <laughs> smacking me upside the head when she needs to. Sarah has always been this kind of caustic, you know, she she holds up a shield to defend herself kind of thing. Sure. Or maybe a sword to defend herself. I mean, she, she strikes back pretty marvelously. Mm. It, it kind of foiled them was we, we wrote Belle because ah, Belle is... She's not like the, the, I'll be honest, we named the characters Belle and Adam after the Disney couple, but she is nothing like the Disney princess. And in fact, I think she's more like Allison than anything sometimes. Or this, I, I should say this character Allison is really good at portraying of the, you know, wakes up and little squirrels help her get dressed in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, I love Sarah just because her, her stuff does drive the show and she's our protagonist of the of everyone she's the protagonist um but you know for for fun for fun bella bella is the one you want to you know go spend it spend an afternoon with just doing random things <laughs> so and i i think we're incredibly fortunate that we got a- allison to play her mm. we gonna have her sing ah <laughs> 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 Here's the thing: we'd have to write something for her to think to sing. So I'm sure we could. Like Allison did a great job as a fest day at Twelfth Night oh, because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to Vincent about that. But <laughs> that'll be our musical episode. We're just gonna have Allison or Belle sing for some reason. Um, <laughs> you know, it's only a minute long. I'm sure we could do that. Um, any chance of a cameo from the uh, robot from Dixie to go along I with the other robot? About- that honestly uh robotlers this show's meant to take place uh i'd say it's meant to take place about a month or two in the future (laughs) so um a month or two in the future yeah which is interesting in some regards because you know they have winds of winter and we do not (laughs) you know and things like that but 
and it's also because I, I write ahead, so I try to predict what's going to happen before it does, which never happens. <laughs> but, you know, I, I there is a, going to be a Dixie cameo coming up, I think, in like the 10th month. But I haven't approached the actor about it, and it's not going to be a straight-up cameo. It's more like it's this character is going to be a reference to him. I see. Oh, him. I gave away something, didn't I? Yes, gender. Ooh, now that narrows it down. Actually, with Dixie? <laughs> <laughs> to... I mean, we eliminated half, like, I, I want to say two-thirds of the cast right there. I think, as far as pendant references go, we're probably going to try to keep those on the down low. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one here and there. I think I, I, one thing I need to stop doing is writing characters into my show. <laughs> <laughs> Like, poor, poor Rochelle Hagar and uh, Dave Morgan are, like, the... They're technically, I think, the, the closest thing to us an ongoing supporting cast we have. But I, I swear sometimes it's like, Ed, you get one line this month. Yay! Thank you! <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> and then they knock it out of the park. I, I really need to find... I, I, I think I have in mind a storyline for them, but I really need to focus on them more. Hmm. So, um... Will you ever take it longer? Like, go two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> now, let's not get crazy. <laughs> Actually, uh, we were joking about, or at least I was joking with Anna about, I don't know if she was joking, uh, doing a uh, super extra long episode of two minutes for the 100th episode. There you go. We, we get to do two pages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, um, we we might, and it, if we do it, it's not going to be part of the regular show. If I, I mean, I could try to sit down and write like a sitcom episode, maybe, but I'd probably need the impetus and something to drive it for twenty minutes. Mm. And it probably still would be like you know at the bottom of every page, everyone it kind of jumps to a different track or something. <laughs> I don't know. I could probably find a good nerd reference. Maybe they go to a con or something. There you go. Or, you know, Allison and Jack can just fly to Los Angeles again. And we'll just sit in a room and talk in character. And see what and happens. And record it and see what happens. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll call it the gang goes to dinner or something. <laughs> um, all right. Some bullet questions for you. Favorite movie? Oh, boy. Uh, you guys make this hard on me. Why? Wrath of Khan, maybe. Just because of the writing. Um, especially when you realize how brilliant they pulled off everything they did since mm-hmm. the fact that the two actors for Khan and, and Kirk never were able to be in the same soundstage at the same time. And just the way they worked around it, I think, is, uh, was, uh, was beautifully done. So you're saying they could have been pendulums? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Or maybe, you know, it's more like uh, The Despicable Me, where I, I do everything by myself with the director, and then you do everything by yourself with the director, and now we have a show, uh, an awesome movie. Also, maybe the audacity uh, to kill off Spock, I think, is something that mm. has always been one of the most poignant mem- memories. Yeah. And I, I, I wish uh, Star Trek Into Darkness had had the... Uh, ha- had actually committed to killing off Kirk. Because that would have, oh, spoiler, um, that would have completely just shaken the entire, just just imagine the reaction that everyone would have had if you killed off Kirk. Yeah, yeah, I think the internet would have blown up. Exactly. Favorite book? 
I've always been a big fan of Whale Talk by Chris Crutcher. Okay. Which, um, going through high school, I read a lot of coming-of-age stories, and I think that's one of my favorites. It's about a, uh, basically the only black guy in Montana, in, in a uh, white, primarily white Montana school, assembling a team of outcasts and losers and people who don't primarily fit the idea of jock and getting them all letter jackets. To which point everyone loses their mind. And there's a scene... It's either the last, second to last or last chapter that whenever I get to it, I start bawling like a baby. So it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. If worst comes to worst, you know, I honestly could see it being an amazing TV show or, you know, if we can get the rights of audio drama. But, yeah. Favorite food? Ooh. I'm a burger surprise kind of guy, though uh, burritos and quesadillas lately are my mainstay. Alrighty. Is there anything you'd like to promote that we haven't talked about i know i haven't talked about project downfall which was asked about but i think we need to save that for another what, time unless you yeah, want to talk about it now project downfall has the misfortune of both jeffrey and i being incredibly busy so what happened is you know i write a script i send in the entirety it's kind of like a screenplay at this point where i write the you know the full 90 pages or however long it winds up being and i send it to jeffrey and Jeffrey, four months later, gets me up at it. Said, I think right now the shoe's on my foot. So I need to sit down, and I think I'm three-quarters of the way through it now. But hopefully that'll be coming new. That should be coming to you soon. And that's... It's definitely going to be something... It's, it's a departure from, any, from anything I've written on seminar. On, yeah, on seminar, uh, quick audio. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's high fantasy, so I should mention... It, it's interesting also how people have these conceptions of high fantasy and sometimes they're like it doesn't sound like high fantasy and i'm like so uh you want them to talk like uh i was actually noticing this day you want them to talk like klingons and vulcans because you don't want to use contractions and you want to talk like shakespeare and i'm like i just want to tell a story can i tell my story <laughs> that's I, i'd rather focus on telling things in character i think than a, a, adhering to a genre voice so i mean doc your mother you know, no, she wear your drapes is interesting, but um, I'm also, I think, outside of Pendant, uh, the only real thing I do is the Audioverse Awards, which I somehow became chairperson of the last year. Oh. And that's that's more me. Uh, I'm someone who loves audio drama, and I, I try to experience a lot of it. I wish I had time for more. You know, luckily I have a commute now, so basically my, my iTunes and phone are usually on for that. There's not something you hear somebody say all that often thankfully i have a commute now <laughs> well in omaha you know if you need to get someplace and it's more than 20 minutes but at, at home there's too many distractions but when you're driving it's nice to have something to listen to mm -hmm. which is why i think a quick audio is short so you can listen to it anytime anytime it's a minute it's just right. a minute we promise not to take up too much time i think it should be the tagline but <laughs> But with the Audioverse Awards, you know, it's just a chance to sit down and go, so there's all this stuff that everyone has created. And in the past year alone, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be like, I, I'm sure every year it's I'm always blown away by something or I discover something new. Um, I think the major thing was the table round, which I hadn't really checked out before. I think the year before it actually was Blue Sky, though I don't uh, by Dave, Daniel Whitelaw and Mad Geek Productions. Mm. 
I really need to catch up on because things have been happening. And that's that's one I think if you like Tabula Rasa, you might enjoy. But I think one major thing with audio drama is we need to kind of, I think, take a moment and look at what other people are doing and celebrate what other people are doing. Because as a medium, the only reason we exist is because we're freaking tenacious. And we're like, ah, people still do that? And we're like, yeah, we do that. And especially if we're going to survive, we need to recognize the fact that we do good jobs. And that's, I think, the, the heart of what the Audioverse Awards became. So originally, I think it was just mostly, can we have an alternative for award show? And it kind of grew from there. So definitely yeah. check that out. There's some interesting things. And uh, the winners have been worth every uh, year time, I've always, I've felt. And even those that don't win or make it to finalists or even not have, there's something you can find always, I'd say. Mm-hmm. If you look hard enough. And it also serves as a bastion to let people know, hey, so this is what other people are doing, because sometimes you have to hunt. <laughs> okay. Can people find you online? Um, I'm not really as active on social media as I can, but if you send me a Facebook request, uh, Colin J. Kelly, and say you're from Pendant, I'm usually like, okay, well, you might be cool then. <laughs> um, on Twitter, I'm at <clears throat> crazy Colin Kelly, and that's also my Tumblr, though. I should post on Tumblr one day, eventually, as opposed to just looking at the funny gifts or reading about Dragon Age. Um, <laughs> you can always email me at colin at pinnedaudio.com. Um, I will try to get back to you <laughs> lately. It never rains, but it pours as far as emails go. Um, I, I, I think I'm on Vocal Loco as well as at Radar Forest, and uh, my Xbox Live uh, gamer tag is the same thing. Wouldn't mind more pendulums to on Xbox, by the way, because like Jeffrey and Susan and Anna and I and Jack all have Xboxes and accounts, so that or Steam. Let, let, let's play with pendulums. That'd be nice. We should form a guild somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and people can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA and on <laughs> Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036. Probably never changing it. And you should change it to like something memorable, like find Jordan here or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Colin, thank well, you so much. Yeah, it's nice to be back in here. It's been a while since I've sat in this chair or in your chair, actually. <laughs> well, we figured we'd let a, a good bit of quick audio get out there to the masses so people could hear stuff and then get you in. Mm -hmm. Well, I should be, I feel disappointed that Jeffrey didn't send any of my questions to me. Ah, come on, man. <laughs> I look forward to finding out what those were. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can share with you, so you'll, you'll probably be like, you wanted me to ask what? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jordan. And uh, thank you to everyone who listens to this and also dependent, because without you, it's, it's lonely. And on that note, which I believe was an A-sharp, I will send <laughs> that back to Jeffrey and Susan. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, April 8th. It's the season finale of The Kingery, season seven. Woo! Come on. Come on. Keep moving. Where are we going? Out. Next time on The Kingery. Do you see? Is it not glorious? <laughs> Even now, your clone army overwhelms the Arkels and Shimizus. 
With the 88G police as a failsafe, victory is ours. How can you be sure? Because I have control. I always have. And that is all you need to be. Emily ordered us to break through the Arkel ranks. She wants us to cut a path through to the Shimizus. I just never thought I'd see the day. You and me here, like this. Uh, well, it pains me to say it, but you were right. Everyone does have a price. Uh, the Wasans found ours. There's no turning back from something like this. I don't know if we're going to live through this. Okay, you have to go right now. Take your troops, find my man Kalok back with the Marines. He will protect you. Go. You would do that for me? I told you, I'm changing the rules. Only at PendantAudio.com Let's get out of here. Coming out Wednesday, April 15th, Julius Caesar, Act 5. Which is the finale of Julius Caesar, woo! Oh yeah, woo! More wooing! Two finales, what? Come, Anthony, away. Defiance, traitors, hurl we in your teeth. If you dare fight today, come to the field. If not, when you have stomachs. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. Ride, ride, Masala, ride. And give these bills unto the legions on the other side. Fly farther off, my lady, fly farther off. Antonia's in your tents, my lord, fly. Therefore, noble Cassius, fly far off. Yet, countrymen, oh, yet hold up your heads. Caesar, thou, thou art revenged, even with the sword that killed thee. In your bad strokes, Brutus, you give good words. Witness the hole you made in Caesar's heart, crying, long live, hail Caesar. The Battle of Philippi heats up when the fifth and final act of Julius Caesar premieres on April 15th, 2015. O Julius Caesar, thou art mighty yet. Thy spirit walks abroad and turns our swords into our own proper entrails. Only at PendantAudio.com And also out on Monday and Friday, quick audio episodes for your listening pleasure. <laughs> la la la, the show is almost done. And that brings us to the conclusion of our TWIP programming. Okay. Oh my god, I forgot to put ice cream on the grocery list. What? Yeah. Why? I need ice cream. We're almost done recording. You could have told me this afterwards. I just needed to tell you right now. What? <laughs> it's important. Okay. I was just going to mouth trumpet the national anthem. What? Because I said our Twitter program we reached a close. Remember like old TVs when it would be done and it would just whoosh. I couldn't possibly remember that. I'm far too young. It didn't really do that. Yeah, they did with the flag. And then it would go off the air. Mm. Boop! With the little color bars. Okay. Don't you know anything? I'm too young. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we, yes, no, what am I saying? Be sure. 
That's the one. Be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendantaudio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendantweb, and the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. This is what happens when you haven't done a trip in a month. We will see you back here in two weeks. <laughs> you sure? Yes. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges, who thanks you for listening. Tell me what you said while I was gone. What did you say about me? You told them all my secrets, didn't you? Um, Come yeah, on. Yeah, but I forgot. What? I don't know what I said. You don't know what you said? No. I'm going to find what you said. Okay. I'm going to write it out of post and I'm going to smack it on your head while you're sleeping. Okay. <laughs> Just get me some ice cream and it'll be fine. Enter- my leaving song. It isn't very long.